Welcome to the Forerunner Church Podcast, where we highlight key messages and themes related to the body of Christ, inviting you to connect with our spiritual family as we grow in passion for Jesus and compassion for people. For more information, visit forerunnerchurch.com. Good. Well, good morning, everyone. My voice is a little raspy from the first service, I think. I didn't yell that much. <clears throat> but I want to start. If you don't have notes, raise your hand. Someone can get you notes. Um, hopefully, there's an usher around that could do that. You got your job cut out for you. Okay. <clears throat> I want to just start with a little story. Um, when my daughter Abby was born, some of you know my daughter Abby. She's the youngest of our children, and uh, Abby uh, is is uh, just a, a delight. I feel like we named her right. Abigail means the joy of the father, and uh, she's just such a delight to me in her young years, uh, growing up especially, and even now. And she's just had her first child, but uh, when. She was in the womb from time to time during the pregnancy. I would just uchi down in bed and sing to my wife's belly where Abby was. And I, I just, I wanted her to uh, know the love of God as soon as possible and that kind of thing. And so in the womb, I would sing to her. And, uh, you know, you never know if it's doing anything, but, you know, there's... Uh, you know, the child's in an environment and they can hear. And so uh, we did that. And so as soon as she was born, on the morning that she was born, they, you know, they take the baby and after the mom holds the baby, they want to do all the measurements and that kind of stuff. So they set Abby over in this little plastic, clear plastic bassinet thing. And Abby just starts to cry and cry. And she has her hands. I just remember one of her hands just, she's crying. And, and, you know, it's just that where she's straining crying in her hands like this. And I just reached over. I went over to the bassinet, reached over, stuck my little pinky finger in there. And she just grabbed right away. That's a normal reflex for a baby. She just grabbed right away. And I just started to sing real gently. And immediately she stopped crying. And it was like... She got it. And the thought that the delight that I felt that she recognized my voice. I knew and she knew it was going to be okay. Uh, there, was just, there was just such a pleasure that I felt inside of me. Well, this morning, I want to talk about the voice of God. And I want to tell you this right off. God has way more pleasure in you hearing his voice than you would even have in hearing it. He has such a delight, just like the delight that I felt times a thousand thousands, that God actually enjoys you hearing his voice. And he delights in that. He wants you to hear his voice. The first challenge when we hear about uh, a talk on hearing the voice of God is, oh, that's for everybody else. 
I'm not going to have that happen, or that's never happened to me, or that's not going to happen to me, or God really doesn't want that to happen to me. I want to break that thought in your mentality with my little testimony. I delight in hearing my children's um, knowing that they recognize my voice. I delight in that. And throughout the years, that's been an ongoing pleasure for me with each of my children. The delight that I feel in them recognizing my voice or them quoting me and things that I have taught or said over the years. The voice of the Lord is central to all things. God spoke and we exist. The reason we exist is not because of anything that science would tell you or evolution would tell you. The reason we exist is the voice of the Lord. That when you look at the Genesis 1 account, it begins with darkness on the earth, deep darkness on the earth. It's, it's dark, formless, and void. And the spirit of the Lord begins to hover over it and a voice speaks, let there be light. And you go through the Genesis 1 account, you'll see that over and over again, and I have here listed in the notes several places where it says, and God said, and just in Genesis 1, that the point of creation is not what amazing things happen, it's that God spoke them into happening. That they would not have been. Everything that you experience as substance right now in your life exists because God spoke. That the fundamental point of matter is, is, is not a proton, a neutron, electron. It's the voice of God. He spoke Therefore, you exist. I love how in the, in the book of Revelation, the, the uh, 24 elders, they say this, he created all things and by his will, we exist. That's why you exist. You don't exist because of any striving on your part. You don't exist because you're so smart. Thank the Lord. You don't exist for any of those reasons, but the will of God. And he spoke you into existence. I want to get us a value for the voice of the Lord and its centrality to all things. God spoke creation into existence. I, I love the phrase, in the beginning, God. I like to stop just right there in English. That's four words. and In, in uh, Hebrew, it's two words. But in the beginning, God. That pretty much explains everything. That explains life, that explains the meaning of life. All things come from him. And then he speaks these words, let there be light. And there was light. Now, we, we, we know that God didn't create light. He was light. The light was on in heaven. It just wasn't on in the earth. And so when he said, let there be light, he basically created two time zones. One's called light and the other's called dark and they shift around and that's day and night. And those are the two time zones. It's either day or it's night. And there you go. He did that by speaking. He separated light and dark and created, you could say, chronological time. 
The revelation of God has come to all creation through speech. This, this uh, passage disrupted me when I began to learn about the voice of God, that God is always speaking because his creation speaks and it reveals his glory. Now, the glory of God is not just light. It's, it's the substance of God. It's his character, his nature, his attributes, all of that. It has visual, it has sound, it has taste, it has touch, it has smell to it. All the, the human senses can pick up if there's revelation on the glory of God. They can pick up on the glory. It's tangible. It's the tangible part of God, his glory. And this glory is being declared by the heavenly host. The stars and the sun and the moon, it says, are declaring his glory by day with the sun, by night with the moon and the stars. They're telling times and seasons. Genesis 1 says they're ruling over times and seasons. This is all a revelation of his voice and it's in perfect order. In other words, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars are in perfect agreement with the way they were created. That was disruptive to me because I thought God only spoke sometimes and I didn't realize that speech is pouring forth and there's no place in the earth, there's no language where their voice is not heard. The voice of the revelation of the glory of God, these light-bearing beings, if you will. In Romans 1, we read from Paul that we are without excuse because creation speaks and reveals who God is. So the voice of God is coming constantly and we can't give the excuse, oh, I didn't hear his voice, so I just gotta figure this out on my own. I didn't hear his voice, so I'm not accountable. I didn't hear his voice. No, we all hear the voice of God. The revelation of God is coming day after day after day. We see from the scriptures that the end and the beginning all constitute the voice of the Lord, that God speaks from the beginning to the end, that the end is a, 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 this major move, the return of Christ to the earth, the millennial reign, all of this is by voice. I love this verse in 1 Thessalonians 4. It's, it's, uh, I, I labeled it under number one of D, the Lord, an angel, and a shout. The Lord himself will descend with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. The, the shout of the Lord, which I believe is words, the voice of an archangel, which is words, and the trumpet, which... Could be words too, because the words that came out of the Lord when he first spoke to John in Revelation 1 sounded like a trumpet to him. So it's this words, this voice that is not only beginning all things, it's bringing everything into a culmination of the glory of the Lord and the revelation of him. It says uh, under number two, seven thunders will utter their voices and to complete the mystery of God in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. 
the, the mystery of God is finished as he preached, Revelation 10, 7. This mystery of God is opened up as this time when the seven thunders utter their voices and all creation, I believe, will hear it. <clears throat> Many will get the voice. We see in Revelation 14.2 and in Revelation 19.6, there is a sound described that's it's throughout the Bible, but here, the sound of many waters. And when you go through the verses where this sound of many waters, all the way up until the book of Revelation, it's always the voice of God until the book of Revelation. And then we see the 144,000 have this sound like the sound of many waters. And in Revelation 19, 6, I saw, then I heard the voice of a great multitude like the sound of many waters. And I spent a lot of time, hours, meditating on this. And until it occurred to me, I won't say it was an audible voice, but it occurred to me, because I was asking the question, how could a multitude have this voice of God? And, and I heard, because they're married. Revelation 19 is the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom. She marries him and she now has his voice. They have the same voice. That union is a union of voice, of heart. You see, God doesn't just speak platitudes. He speaks substance always. He speaks and he's fully engaged in love. His voice is so valuable, but it's so filled with emotion. God is not objective, He's, he's totally subjective. He's full of mercy. He's totally subjective. He does not suspend his love and affection ever, even in his judgments. And his voice is that way. And she has come into a place of partnership, even in the judgments. And she carries the same voice as him. You will have this voice like the sound of many waters one day. This is the union of Christ and the church that will occur. God created mankind to be in close relationship to him by voice. He wanted to walk in the garden and talk with Adam and Eve. And he did for a time until the deceiver came in and then the fall. At the fall, Adam and Eve experienced guilt and shame, causing a break in the relationship to God and becoming, they became afraid of his voice. And we see this in Genesis 3, 9 and 10. Then the Lord called out, Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice and I was afraid and I hid myself. This fear of the voice of the Lord is one of the primary hindrances to hearing his voice. We don't hear his voice because we're afraid. Why are we afraid? Because he's angry or mean? No, because we're in shame and guilt. 
And that shame and guilt is one of the main hurdles that we carry, that feeling of unworthiness, that, oh, I'm not even worried, like the prodigal son returning, I'm not even worthy, excuse me, to be called your son, just make me hired hand, I'm not even worthy. And the, the Lord's response, the Father's response is, quick, get a robe on him before he gets religious. You know, that he's got to think he's got to earn his way back in this thing, that it is not your striving to be good that allows you, affords you that presence of God and his voice. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, his mercy shed, poured out on a cross. That's what enables you. The question is not, are you worthy to be in his presence? The question is, is he worthy to have you in his presence? See, by shrinking back and saying, I'm not worthy, we're really saying he's not worthy of me. Instead of moving forward and saying, yes, I accept the blood of the lamb and I will hear. In Psalm 85, the, the, the psalmist writes, I will hear what the Lord God will speak. I wanna challenge you to begin to believe that you are to hear the voice of God, not just the people on a stage, the, the people called prophets or apostles or pastors or teachers or evangelists, that you yourself are made to hear the voice of God and it's the worthiness of Christ and his love, his extreme love and mercy of shedding his blood that makes you fully qualified to hear his voice. Not only does God call you a father, or call himself a father and you his child, he, and, and that qualifies you to hear his voice. But Jesus calls himself a bridegroom and you his bride. And that qualifies you to hear his voice. I believe all, all believers are to hear the voice of God regularly, daily. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how we live. I love some versions, they, they write this out. Man does not live on bread alone, but on the words of God. Meaning that, that, that place of that's their, their sustenance is the word of God. It's the voice of the Lord, the word of God. A, a phrase, a verse that haunted me back uh, about 10 years into my being saved. It was, um, I got saved in 1973. It was about 1983, 84, something like that. And I read this verse, John, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I just said right away to the Lord, because uh, I was alone, and you can say stuff when you're alone, you don't, you don't say out loud. I said, that's not true. You ever try to tell God that his word's not true? <laughs> you know? you, when you're with people, you go, oh, you know, 
You don't surprise God when you do it, but you surprise people and they go, oh, you know, you can't say that, you're a Christian, no, all that. But when you're alone, you can say it and the Lord responds with, finally, you get it, okay? He's, he's not surprised that you don't believe things. He, he knows you don't. He's trying to get you to believe them, but just saying you believe them doesn't make you believe them. <laughs> Anyhow, so I said, Lord, that's not true. I said, I know I'm your sheep but I know I don't hear your voice. And out of me came prophecy, prayer, something that didn't get through my brain before it came out my mouth. I just said, I want to hear your voice like that. It was a craving from deep inside. I believe it's a craving that the spirit puts in us, that Abba, Father cry that's in us that, that we suppress many times with you know food and chocolate and leftovers and all that. We suppress that yearning for God. And it just came out of me. I wanna hear your voice. And I set myself on a quest. I've got to hear the voice of God. God. I know I'm a sheep and I'm qualified because I'm a sheep. Now, a, a, a lot of people don't realize, you know, they think, oh, sheep are so beautiful and cute. The real attribute of sheep that's noted in scripture is they're dumb. I don't know if you know that. I, I qualify for that one. <laughs> My name's in the Bible. I'm a sheep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know I'm done. I don't, I don't have to, you know, try to prove that to anybody. Um, so it, it was this, even a, a sheep who just, you know, all we like sheep have gone astray at the attribute, meaning sheep will just follow sheep and walk right off of a cliff or right into the midst of wolves. Um, that, 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 that wandering in that, that, that place, but the Lord says, I'm a shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. And I, I had to learn to receive that and just draw closer to the shepherd in that process. Jesus taught in John 16 about the spirit of the Lord and the voice of God. He says this, the spirit of truth that is coming, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. The Holy Spirit speaks verbatim God. If you call God a language, do you speak God <laughs> being a language? The Holy Spirit speaks God, okay? Only God. That's all he speaks. So if you've heard the Spirit of the Lord, you have heard God speak. And we all know in some degree, whether it was a still small voice, a leaning or a two by four, or that the spirit of the Lord has spoken to us. And in that way, we're hearing his voice. See, I think God wants to shift us in this hour from principle-based philosophical Christianity to voice-based relational Christianity walking with Christ himself, hearing his voice. And he wants to break off this orphan mentality that we have, that Jesus has gone away. We can't have access to him. The father's up there. He and the father are hanging out. The Holy Spirit will only give little hints, but we got to figure this out on our own. That's an orphan spirit. 
And it's in many of us, and it says, I got to get a prophetic word. I got to get a prophetic word. And I've had over the years many people, I, you know, young people when I travel, and will you, can I have a word? I, I want you to pray for me. I, I need a word. And I go, why do you need a word? Well, because I didn't need to know what to do. And I go, oh, then I have a word for you. And they go, okay, what is it? I say, well, it's a question. Okay, I'm going. What's the question? Who are you? What do you mean? If you know who you are, you know what to do. If you know that you're a son of God, then you go to the father and you have words with him. If you know you're a bride, you spend time with your bridegroom. He's fully available. He'll never leave you or forsake you. The reason the church is in a quandary right now is because there's crisis coming that principles don't apply to. Or they conflict because we need the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Lord is what is gonna lead and direct his church. They're gonna follow the lamb throughout the end times. So there's a shift coming. But the Lord wants to move us out of this orphan spirit. I have found, and this is in between C and D on on number three, that God will speak more than we will listen. So step one in the practice of hearing from God is listening. It's, it's the whole, be still. Shh. I've had that happen many times when I felt like I was supposed to say something and the Lord would just go, just shut up. <laughs> just be quiet right now. That place of listening, when I began practicing listening, it was before the house of prayer. We had a prayer room, but hardly anyone ever went um, back in the day. This was um, before the house of prayer had started in our church. And um, I remember it was a conference um, and I would always go to the conferences because I was called of God and my wife would have to stay home and watch the kids. And she never felt qualified to you know, be in the conferences and that worked for me because I always, I didn't want to miss God and anything was said. And uh, suddenly I realized the Lord was rebuking me in his own name and said, send your wife to the conference and stay home with the kids. <laughs> so, but I was like, but Lord, what did I miss? You know, I don't want to miss it. And yeah, I don't want your wife to miss it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, I sent her consistently from that point on the, to the conferences and sometimes I would stay home. Sometimes we could both and get a babysitter or whatever. And uh, I started taking walks in that time and I'd take a walk around this area and uh, I had a sense of an angelic president presence that was at the halfway point. So I had this agreement with God. I'll pour out my heart the whole first half of the walk and then I'll high five the angel that's there, some kind of angel at the halfway point. And then I'm gonna just zip it and listen and start listening. 
And when I did that, and every time that I did that, always God would speak something to me in those times. And I had some of the most wonderful times that my wife would come home from the conference and go, I'd say, how was it? And she goes, well, it was okay. And I go, I had an awesome time at home. You go to the conference again tomorrow. I don't care. <laughs> because I was just able to shut my mouth and listen. And the Lord wanted to talk more than I realized. So as Abby got older, when she was about nine years old, uh, I took her for a walk. And I said, Abby, I'm going to teach you how to hear the voice of God. And so we went on this prayer walk. And I said, okay, right here, this is an angel. Give him a high five. She jumps up to give the angel a high five. And I said, now we're going to walk the rest of the way home. And, and we're going to be quiet and just listen. So we walk from that point on. I take maybe 10 steps and I hear daddy and I was like oh man she already wants to talk because Abby was a little gabber she liked to talk I said yes honey she said is there a place called New Zealand I said yes she said oh we walk about 15 more paces daddy Yes, honey. Where is New Zealand? Now, I didn't want to answer. I wanted to hear what she was hearing. So I said, why are you asking me? She said, I heard a voice. It said, go to the south, go to the west, go to New Zealand. And I stared at a map in my brain and I went, Southwest, that's where New Zealand is. She said, oh, I guess I'm hearing from God, huh? <laughs> Little nine-year-old. Like, Took me hours walking to get to this place. About a week later, a lady calls me, ran a ministry in New Zealand. She said, hey, I, wanna, I want you to consider bringing a team down here. And I said, Okay. We got about a month out from going there. And Abby says to her mother, Mom, you know I'm going on this trip, right? And she's like, Abby, what do you mean? She goes, I got the word. <laughs> sure enough, Abby's first ministry trip as a nine-year-old was to New Zealand because she got the word. Learn to listen. Don't just talk, listen. And many times, questions are the key. I want to give you a bunch of questions that, that will get you into a regular practice of listening. I, I have a few of them named there, but I've added a few more in since creating the notes. So number one question, ask the Lord what you can give away and who you can give it to. Now, I have found that most people say, I never hear the voice of God. And I think to myself, it's probably because he's telling you to give something away. <laughs> That's why you never hear his voice. You're like, God, talk to me. He's going to give away your car. Lord, you never talk to me. Would you please give away all your furniture? You never talk to me, God. <laughs> Ask God what to give and who to give it away to. And you do this regularly, daily, and you will hear from him regularly. God's a wonderful giver. He loves to give away your stuff. <laughs> he really does. He loves to provide stuff for you, but he loves to give away your stuff too. 
Number two, ask for a scripture for a person. We practiced this in staff meeting uh, uh, a, a couple of months ago or a month ago. And, and, and I said, everybody up, get up, get in groups of four. Now two of you, you're a team. You're gonna ask the Lord for a scripture verse. Now point to one of the other two people in your group. And you're gonna give them that verse. And everybody pretty much, I mean, I didn't make a percentage tally, but it was close to every hand came up said, I just got the word of the Lord. That verse was the word of the Lord. See, we have the capability here in, in, in five to 10 minutes time for everyone to get a prophetic word, not through me, through one another. Just ask the Lord for a scripture verse for someone and you can immediately be releasing the word of the Lord for him. Now, when you do this, you know, these are trained professionals. Don't try this at home just with any Bible. You know, if you hit... You know, you open your Bible and this is the verse, you know, Judas went and hung himself, you know. Don't, don't give that to someone. Understand that the word is to build, to edify, to comfort, you know. And so, you know, you, next verse is go thou and do likewise, you know. <laughs> no, don't, don't give those verses to people. Whatever you must do, do quickly. All right. Ask God for verses. Okay. Ask the Lord for a divine appointment. And I, and I do this regularly. I wouldn't say every day, but just say, get up. Lord, I want to meet someone that you have me meet somewhere. And you will be amazed at how many times you'll look back and go, that was a divine appointment. Oh, you did it. You did what I asked. We're asking sometimes amiss because we're asking for ourselves rather than having a specific agenda of what we want him to say, rather than letting him bring up the conversation. Uh, number four, whatever I'm on. Ask the Lord every day for a verse that you chew on yourself, that you just keep one verse chewing on it every day, all day. And if we got time, I've got to talk about meditation and how to do that. So ask the Lord for a verse that you chew on each day. Okay, ask the Lord to say your name. Remember this happened to Samuel? The Lord started speaking his name. And then Samuel was sent back because he didn't know who was talking to him. And Samuel was sent back um, by Eli. Oh, go ask God. Say, what is it, Lord? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. When you respond to God, ask, what is it? Ask questions, but ask the Lord to speak your name. Because God's voice is the voice of your creator, when he says your name, he's identifying you. He's putting dignity on you. He's saying, I know you. And that is so helpful. Many of you have probably heard your name being called and thought it was someone else when it was actually the Lord. Just ask the Lord, Lord, would you say my name somehow? I had this happen where, where the Lord, when he wants to bring up with a, a topic with me that I usually am not thinking about at all, he'll just say, hey, Kirk. 
Hey, Kirk, I love it that he says my name. Now, I haven't gotten to Daniel, highly beloved of God status yet, but I get the, hey, Kirk, you know, it's like while I'm doing all this, hey, Kirk, by the way, check this out, you know, kind of thing. But getting that, that him saying your name to you is so valuable. And ask the Lord to be able to say someone else's name that you don't know. And, and again, it, you'll watch the, the power of that and the beauty of that. Ask the Lord to see his glory. That's the final one. Ask the Lord to see his glory. These aren't only, these are suggested questions, but ask God, can I behold your glory? Now, we know that, you know, if you see the glory of God, that you die, right? And so, you know, I, I realized that that wasn't actually God trying to get Moses to not look at his glory or not see his glory. That was God getting Moses a revelation of the fear of the Lord that moves you closer. A right response might have been by Moses, okay, I'll die. I just go to be with you, so what? Okay, kill me, which Moses did a couple other times in his life. Uh, he goes, Lord, if you're gonna treat me this way, just kill me. Um, but this, this is the invitation and when God when he says this to God a, a second time show me your glory God says this to him he says I'll speak my name over you ask God to see his glory to speak his name over you see Moses didn't get the visual glory of God he got the audible glory of God and he came away from it glowing. And it says in Exodus 34, I think it's 19, it says, and Moses did not know that his face was shining from talking with God, from talking with God. This interchange of voice is an impartation of his glory. So don't be afraid to ask for the glory of the Lord. If, you know, he shows you it and you die, you just go be with him, you're good. <laughs> growing in the voice is learned through daily meditation i'm just going to take a few minutes on this we have uh, meditation groups if you go to the house of prayer the gpr we have groups that are meditation groups and we meditate on a verse um, throughout the month and uh, you can get a little schedule of when those meet and you can hop in one anybody can come you don't sign up you don't pay any money you show up if you don't show up that's okay nobody's gonna worry it's just you're coming to engage in meditation um, these groups that go on. We have uh, six of these a week. But I want to talk just quickly about how to meditate and why to meditate. Number one, the first time that meditation is given as an instruction in the Bible is not from Buddha or yoga or New Age, okay? It's from God. God says before Buddhism, 800 years before Buddhism exists, God says to Joshua, Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. Meditating in it. Now that's an important understanding because we approach the scripture typically to extract thoughts, put them together into theologies and narratives that we call our belief systems. But God's not saying, pull it out. 
He's saying, enter in, meditate in the book. This is repeated by David. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, in this law, in this book, he meditates day and night in the book. It's the entry into the conversation with the word that is a man. We have this idea that the logos is the written word and the rhema is the, is the now word of the voice of God. Well, I wanna tell you the logos is live. He's a man. If you look up the Greek word for logos, you'll see about the second or third definition is the voice of a person. The logos, the book is alive. It's a man, he wants to meet with you in the book. So God tells Joshua, meditate day and night. Now we gotta go through, what, 20 classes, 12 courses on how to meditate. No, God makes things so simple, you guys. He says, take the book and mumble it over and over again. The word meditate means to just mumble it over and over again. God makes it so simple. We turn it into degrees and courses and, and all this stuff and, you know, and God goes, look, just take the book and say it all day, every day, and all night. Just meditate. Just meditate on your bed at night. Just keep meditating. Just mumble the word over and over again. Now here, as, as we're closing, I have uh, just a very practical on this. There are five words that I call modes of meditation that are exhorted in the scriptures about what to do with the scriptures. The Bible says to meditate. That's actually God out loud speaking to Joshua. The Bible says to read the Bible. And I've got a bunch of verses. There are hosts of other verses. I just threw them in there. The Bible says to write the Bible. The Bible says to say the Bible. The Bible says to sing the Bible. And the Bible says to pray the Bible. Read it, write it. Say it, sing it, pray it. This is what God says to do with the book. I was taught for years, you gotta read the whole Bible in a year till I read the whole Bible one year and found out there's no verse that says read the whole Bible in a year. <laughs> what is that? I was told you gotta study the Bible. I read the whole Bible in a year. I found out there's no verse that says study the Bible. <gasps> what about show yourself approved? Study to show yourself approved. That's only the King James Version. It's actually the word is be repetitively diligent, rightly dividing, chewing the word. It's what it's talking about. Just chew it over and over again. What I have found, I've been doing this since 1997 every day with verses, is that a transformation occurs on the inside where you become sensitive to his voice. And you begin to pick up just saying his words back to him. You begin to pick up that he's actually reciprocating and there's, there's, a, there's a dialogue available. And the dialogue isn't to, so I can get smarter, it's so I can get closer. Because that's what his concern is. He's not worried about you getting smarter. He just wants you closer. See, his voice is about relationship. It's about intimacy with him. We want to be smarter. He wants to be closer. As I'm doing this, I just write questions. Why is this word saying this? What are you saying? And I don't look up the answers on Google. Hello? 
Google has become the substitute interpreter for the prophetic movement right now. It's horrible. We hear something from God, immediately we run to Google. Don't run to Google. Stay in the presence of God and ask him what it means. Hello? It's important. God wants us to be able to live by his voice. So, letter D on the very last page, down at the bottom. Here's a simple way that I found of doing this. This helps. Take a verse, write out the verse at the top of a page, okay? Then close your Bible, okay? You're just gonna meditate in one verse. The Bible is way deeper than it is long. You don't have all the revelation on this verse as it stands. Just admit it. (laughs) Close your Bible, go, I just wanna hear God from this verse. Then select a phrase out of this verse. This is kind of how we teach apostolic prayers. Select a phrase out of this verse, And you're going to put that phrase into a rhythm, reading it over and over again, writing it over and over again, saying it, singing it, praying it over and over again. You don't have to do it in that order. You can do just one. You can just sing it over and over again. As you do, brand new thoughts are going to come to your mind. Write them down. As you do, brand new distractions are going to come to your mind to try to get you to stop. Write them down on a little list on the side. Write instead of fight. Okay, if you write it, you'll take the thought captive and it won't be able to bug you anymore till later. Treat it as that little irritating person that wants your attention when you're focused on your, the presence of God, okay? And just go, I'll deal with you later. Even sinful thoughts, just write them in tongues so nobody understands them, okay? Just write them down on the side, all right? And stay in that phrase over and over again. Write questions, take notes, draw little pictures, This isn't performing arts. This is the art that goes on God's refrigerator, okay? Nobody has to see it. Just stay in that engagement with him. Reading, writing, saying, singing, praying, take notes, write questions. The best way to engage God and engage his voice is to ask him a question. It's called inquiring of the Lord. It was how David meditated and how he wanted to go back to, I want to behold him in his beauty, Dwell in the house of the Lord and inquire, ask questions in his temple. That's all I want to do. Stay in that place asking questions. When other verses come to your mind, make a little list down the bottom. Don't go look them up. Don't cross-reference. Just put those down the bottom. You can look those up later. And just stay in it until you engage the conversation where your heart begins to connect. That's called encounter. And encounters can last way longer than just a word from the Lord. They they become the very oil. When you admire someone that you know of who you see is intimate with the Lord, it's because they've had many, many encounters with the Lord. And that's the oil. And that oil doesn't transfer. I can't give you that oil. Mike can't give you that oil. Isaac can't. No, No one can give you their oil. You grow your own oil in direct interchange with the Lord. And that's what meditation does. When God hears his words being spoken back to him, sung back to him, he delights in that and he moves. His attention is drawn to you in that place. 
So a simple way to meditate, God wants you to hear his voice. Spend time listening. Most of us will find, let's have the worship team come out. I always forget to do this. I want, to, I want to say this uh, for those who have ears to hear. Um, as the body of Christ right now, we need to grow up. We're treating the scripture as if it's a milk shake. It's sweet, swallowed, amen. And we're not chewing the word. And it's the basic things. And God has so much that he wants to reveal. He, he says there's much to say about things, but it's difficult to explain. This is Hebrews 5, 10 to 13, because you become so dull of hearing. And we've become dull of hearing. We're not taking the time. We're busy with things that do not matter. And we go, oh, if the Lord wants to speak, he can speak in the midst of my busy day. No, take time with him. There's never a better time in history than there is now to just hide yourself regularly with the Lord, even in your job. And many of us give the excuse, well, Lord, I don't don't have time. I got a job. The Lord's going, I'll get you fired. (laughs) That's, That's okay. We can do this my way or we can do this my way. You know, (laughs) you pick, you know. And I don't mean to rebuke us, but our time is the precious commodity. And that time focused and engaged on God is critical in this hour. Just spend less time on websites and news that doesn't matter. It's all speculation of the past and cannot reveal the heart of the Lord and what's coming. And get into his presence right now. And not just to know what's coming, to know how much he loves you. He enjoys you. I want to ask us all to stand right now. first part of this ministry time, I'd like us to minister to God. Look at this verse. It's uh, on page two of your notes, down um, two-thirds of the way down this page. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. I want to ask that you start by just saying that verse, each of you individually. You can look at your notes or just select a phrase out of it. That you will speak those words to God because I know that I know that God loves it when you speak his words back to him. So instead of having the team perform for you, I want to ask you to minister to God, to take that passage right now. We're going to meditate in it a bit. When he, the spirit of truth comes, 
He will guide you into all truth. Take one of those phrases out of that passage and just start saying it to him. And then turn it into a little prayer. Lord, I need you to guide me into truth. Teach me your truth. Holy Spirit, I want to hear more. Give yourself to listening right now. Instead of trying to get, give to the Lord his words. And watch what happens. Is he worthy of you speaking his words back to him? We're just going to do this for a little while, each of you individually. You can sing it a little bit to him. Don't neglect your precious ministry, the only ministry that you have, no one else in the room has, is to minister from your heart to God directly. And it's so simple. Just say his words back to him. Sing him back to him. You don't have to be a good singer. We used to tell people, if you can't sing good, sing loud. <laughs> Just speak it loud enough for your ears to hear it. There's a faith that'll come by hearing. Lord, you said you will not speak, that the spirit will not speak of his own. Spirit of the Lord, thank you that you speak plainly from the Father, that you're glad to speak the Father's words. Say my name. Guide me into truth. Thank you, Father, for sending the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Spirit. Guide me into all truth. Guide me into all truth. me to your word. Penetrate my heart. Guide me into all truth. phrases out of the verse. speak plainly. Thank you, Spirit. You hear clearly. Thank you for speaking to us. Come and speak to us. We are listening. You will guide us. It's a promise. Guide us into truth. We thank you for the promise of your voice towards us. Day after day, Night after night, you are speaking, Lord. Come, Spirit of truth. 
He will disclose to you what is to come. just one thing to the altar. Hopefully what I've shared about the voice of the Lord, you realize God's always talking, but we're probably not always listening. I want to invite you to in this next season that you commit to listen a little more. If you're you're wanting to, I just want to hear more. I want to listen more. I want to ask God questions more. I want to carve out my time so I'm focused and engaged. If that's you, I'd like you to just come and stand in the front. I want to pray for you. If you're going, I I just need to hear more. This isn't about salvation and don't worry about whether anybody else comes up. You're going, I need to use my time to listen. I want to hear his voice. I'm just going to lead you into praying these seven little asks of God. And and it's not an exhaustive list. There are thousands of things. But they will help prime the pump to get you hearing and interchanging more. So right now, ask him. I'll give you a little space in between. But ask him this question. Lord, what can I give away today and who can I give it to? Just ask him that right now. See if he says something. See if he shows you something right away. Make this one of your questions you ask of God daily. Number two, Lord, would you give me a scripture for someone? Give me a verse right now and then show me who it's for. So ask him that. Would you give me a scripture and show me who it's for? And then wait and listen. Now you're going to pray, Lord, 
I ask for a divine appointment. Today or this week, whatever you have faith for, Lord, I ask for a divine appointment. You're going to keep asking. God, give me a scripture to chew on every day. You're asking him for this. Number five, ask the Lord to ask you a question. Just like God came to Solomon and says, ask of me. King Ahasuerus says to Esther, ask of me. So ask the Lord, Lord, ask of me. Ask me a question, Lord. I'll take a question. Now listen, see if he says anything. Say your name. Father, I ask on this one that you would, in fact, Speak your name and speak their name over them as sons and daughters. This ties to the seventh question. Show me your glory. Speak your name over me, God. Show me your glory. Speak your name over me, God. Show me your glory. Speak your name over me. When you read this in Exodus 33, you'll find in 34 that Moses was just urgent about this. Please show me your glory. Just say, God, show me your glory. Whether you do it visually or audibly or in a touch or a taste or a smell, God, show me your glory. Just begin to pray that, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Get urgent with him. Jesus prayed that you would behold his glory. He says, not just these there, but all those who will come to me. I pray, Father, they would be with me and they would behold my glory. Jesus wants you to see his glory. Say, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory right now. speak to you.
Lord, shine his face on you. You were made for the voice of God. You were made by the voice of God. You exist because of the voice of God. You will come into all things because of his voice. That's his will, his desire. He does not leave his will hidden. He speaks his will. You're made to come into agreement with his voice continuously until you're a bride, perfect, one with him. It's how he made you. Just go ahead and sing some. Thank you for tuning in to Sunday Sermon. For more information, service times, and free teaching resources, visit forerunnerchurch.com.